0: Hi, it's Richard from the Story Walk podcast. The Story Walk podcast is composed of real stories that I make up while I'm out hiking, snowshoeing, skiing, and backpacking with my children. You may notice background noise during the podcast due to the real nature of recording these stories in the outdoors. Now, on to today's story. We're out for a walk, and you may hear some noise, either with cars going by or the jingling of dog tags on the grandparents puppy dog. Tonight, we're going to tell a story about Booger McFarlane. And at this time, Booger was very, very wealthy. He had enough money to buy whatever he wanted. And even though he was rich, his favourite thing to do was to watch the Home Shopping Channel, where he would find lots of very interesting gems and cubic zirconiums, as he called them. In addition, he would try and find some very interesting decorative plates. He loved decorative plates. He had plates of the wedding of Prince Charles and Princess Diana that he cherished. He also had plates from lots of different places he'd been. And now he was thinking of collecting decorative spoons. He dreamed of having framed spoons on his walls. In fact, he had been at an antique shop and seen a wonderful wall frame with over one hundred different decorative spoons. He had been very, very intrigued. And when he went to the shop owner and said he wanted to buy it, the shop owner just started laughing and saying, are you serious? You want to buy the wall of spoons? Booger assumed the shop owner was acting like that because he would never sell such incredible antiques. Booger felt these spoons were so beautiful and decorative. However, he was wrong. The shopkeeper was laughing because for over 40 years, no one had wanted to buy Spoons? Decorative spoons were useless. And he had assumed Booger was trying to make a funny joke. Booger was watching the Home Shopping Network and a little bit bored. And even though he was rich sometimes, he still liked to go and find a job just to keep him busy. As he was reading the newspaper, he saw a big ad. It said, NASA Is looking for astronauts. I wonder what astronauts are, Booger said. He looked around. There was nobody in the room or in his house. Oh no, I'm talking to myself, Booger said. It was a habit he was trying to quit doing. Well, got no one to talk to, so I might as well talk to myself. I wonder what an astronaut is and what's this NASA. I think I've heard the word astronaut. I wonder if it's like, hmm, peanut or a coconut. I wonder why they spell it wrong for astronaut. He looked around. I wish Keith was here. I'd like to know more what an astronaut is. As Booger thought, he picked up his phone and dialed Keith's phone number. But unfortunately, Keith was on a holiday. He was out in Hawaii scuba diving with enormous sea turtles and more. That meant that Booger had to figure out if he wanted to do this himself. Well, I like coconuts and I like peanuts and those are only nuts I know of. I'm going to apply for this job. Worst thing is I'll be surrounded by things I like. Booger wrote down the address on an envelope, sent a handwritten letter to NASA. It was hard to say he wanted the job considering he did not know what an astronaut was and he did not know what NASA was, but he filled it out just in case. He kept his letter vague although he made a point of mentioning how much he liked peanuts and coconuts in his letter. I'm sure whoever these DASA folks are will be pretty happy to find out how much I like coconuts and peanuts. Hooger was pretty proud of himself. And the next day he put the envelope into the mail. A week later, the phone started to ring. Well, I wonder who's calling me? Keith's still scuba diving with them sea turtles. He picked up the phone. Hey there, it's Booger. How can I help you? On the other line was a very serious voice. Hello, Mr. McFarland. That's me, I'm Booger. Yes, my name is Elizabeth Stinkwell. I work at NASA. <laughs> Elizabeth Stinkwell? Well, that's a funny name, said Booger. Elizabeth Stinkwell did not like being made fun of. Um, it's a very normal name, she said while Booger was howling with laughter. Anyway, my name is not the issue here. I am in charge of NASA, and we all really found your letter and job application to be an astronaut to be hilarious and one of the most important things of being a great astronaut is a sense of humor." Booger wasn't really sure what was going on, but he said, Okay, Miss Stinky, my name is not Stinky, it's Dr. Professor Elizabeth Stinkwell. You can just call me doctor or professor. Okay, I will, said Booger. And so uh, when can I start? Well, normally astronauts have a very, very long training, but we're short one astronaut and we need you to start on Monday and be ready to go by Thursday. Booger looked at his watch. Well, it's already Sunday You mean I need to start tomorrow? Listen, Mr. McFarlane, said Professor Doctor Elizabeth Stinkwell. Normally it takes a year before you become a fully certified astronaut. We're going to try and do it in three days. We need one more astronaut immediately. Do you want the job or not? Booger thought. There really was nothing that he had planned over the next week. He had hoped to watch some TV, but he could set up a recording to catch all the shows he missed. The hard part was that the only shows he watched were the Home Shopping Network, and when he watched the recordings, he couldn't call in and buy the stuff. He was thinking for a long time. Eventually, Professor Dr. Elizabeth Stinkwell said, Mr. McFarlane, are you still there? What's going on? Yeah. All right. I'll be an astronaut. What do I need to do? You must come to NASA headquarters tomorrow at 8 AM. Oh, where is that? You must come to Cape Canaveral in Florida. Oh man, that's far away. How will I get there? We'll send a jet for you. Booger looked up. A jet just for me. Okay. I'll accept. Booger was pretty excited. He'd never been in a jet and to have one all to himself. He went to the airport and sure enough, there was a jet with the words NASA on the outside. Booger went into the jet, but was soon very disappointed. He had assumed he'd be allowed to fly the jet, but unfortunately there were already two pilots there. He tried to get them to leave, but they would not leave. And soon they forced him to sit down in one of the few seats in the other parts of the jet. The jet took off. Booger turned on the in-flight television and realized there was no home shopping channel. I won't be able to buy anything on this plane ride. He was not happy at all. He got up and knocked on the door to where the pilots were. He heard a muffled voice. Hello? Yeah, it's Booger McFarland. I can't get the home shopping channel on the TVs. Yes, I know you can't. It's not available in the air. Not available? Booger couldn't believe it. What kind of two-bit jet plane are you running? The pilots replied, You should be lucky. There's even TV on here. Booger thought for a bit. He thought, I guess they're right. He went back to his seat and started watching cartoons. Booger really enjoyed watching Scooby-Doo and Flintstone cartoons, which he had watched as a boy. He watched those until the plane came in to Cape Canaveral in Florida. Booger had never been in Florida. And when the door opened to get off the plane, he was excited. I've never been in Florida. This is going to be so great, he said. And then he stopped off the plane and it hit him right in the face. A wall of heat, heat like he'd never had to deal with before in his life. I'm melting, Booger yelled out. He went down to his knees. Everybody in the airport terminal looked over at the man walking down the stairs from the airplane on his knees, his arms up in the air, yelling. Finally, a security official from NASA came up, grabbed his hands, and walked him into the airport. There he saw Dr. Professor Elizabeth Stinkwell. Oh, hey there, Dr. Stinkermeister. How you doing? Said Booger. Professor Dr. Elizabeth Stinkwell was not amused. You must not call me that anymore, Mr. McFarland. Okay, whatever you say. Now, I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We must immediately start training. First thing we've got to do is we've got to put you on a test where we're going to test whether your body can withstand high G-forces. Booger looked at her. He had no idea what she was saying. In his mind, he thought, G-forces? I didn't even know there were A-forces or B-forces, let alone G-forces. He looked at her and smiled and said, Whatever you say, doctor. He was pleased. Finally, he had not called her stinkmeister or anything like that. They got into a limousine. The first time Gruger had been in a limousine in Florida. They drove to a big, enormous white building. They went inside and there were lots of people in lab coats. Booger thought to himself, I wonder if they're inventing new types of nuts. I would love if someone would combine a coconut and a peanut. I think that would be refreshing and delicious. He was just about to ask one of the people in a lab coat, if that's what they're doing. When a man grabbed his arm, Mr. McFarland, come with me. We've got to prepare you for the g-force machine. The g-force machine? What's that? The man laughed. <laughs> Let's just say it's like a ferris wheel, only it goes sideways and it's a little bit faster. Booger loved ferris wheels and he'd often thought they didn't go fast enough, but he had one question. If it's sideways, won't I fall out? The man looked at Booger, assuming Booger was joking as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you'll fall out. Not too likely. Booger went in and got this very interesting outfit. It was like a onesie you wear to bed, only it was made of different fabric. It had his name on the outside and there were lots of different pockets and straps. He went over and followed the man into a room. Inside the room there was an enormous white machine. This doesn't look like a ferris wheel. There's only one sitting cage. A good ferris wheel has about 16 of them. The man looked at Booger and wondered why he was taking the joke so far. Just go get in. We gotta start this test up to see if you're astronaut material. Booger walked over and he sat inside the little vestibule. The man came up and started putting a bunch of straps all over his body. He put a helmet on his head and strapped his head in right against the seat. Booger could barely move. He shouted, What are you guys doing to me? Just then, he heard the sound. Three, two, one. The machine started to move. At first, Booger thought it was kind of fun and yelled out, hey, this is pretty good. I like this. The problem was, it just kept speeding up. Faster and faster and faster and faster. And Booger yelled out, Hey, this really sucks. Can you make it stop? But it just kept going faster and faster and faster. Booger felt like he was getting squished like a pancake against his seat. His eyes started rolling to the back of his eye sockets. He couldn't swallow. He couldn't breathe. He didn't know what was happening. He yelled out. What is happening? And the G-Force machine just kept going faster and faster and faster and faster. It was going as fast as he'd ever even thought could exist. It was going so fast that Booger was about to barf. He yelled out, I'm gonna barf! And just then the machine stopped. The man who had strapped him in came in again and looked at Booger. I gotta say, buddy, you did really good. Most people either pass out or barf. Booger looked at him. That was not very nice. It was nothing, nothing like a ferris wheel. Alright, next test. We're going to simulate zero G. Zero G? Why is all this G's? The man looked at him. Zero gravity. You're going to see what it's like. Now Booger was excited. Later that day he got into an airplane, went up into the sky and he got to experience zero gravity. Wee! Booger yelled every time he got to experience zero gravity. What? They didn't tell Booger was he shouldn't have brought a soda pop on the airplane. As they were trying to go and they went to zero G, Booger all of a sudden cracked open a soda pop just as the plane went into zero G. Just then the plane dove down and everything lost, all gravity and everybody was floating. The soda came out of the can and just floated there in front of Booger's face. He leaned forward with his mouth and tried to grab the little blobs of soda pop as quickly as he could. Just then, the gravity came back and all of the soda that was in the air came splashing all over. Professor Dr. Elizabeth Stinkwell. She glared at Booger. You should know not to bring Soda pop onto a zero gravity flight. Booger looked at her. How am I supposed to know that? The days continued Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with a lot more tests. And although Booger didn't like it, he never passed out and he never got sick. And slowly but surely, all of the people at NASA became very impressed with Booger's ability to maybe actually be an astronaut. Finally, on the Wednesday night, they said, Booger, we've decided you're gonna be an astronaut tomorrow. You have the skills. Booger was not really that excited. He still didn't know what an astronaut was, but if it was something like a coconut or a peanut, he definitely didn't want to be one. In fact, he got scared. You're gonna turn me into an astronaut? Booger said, why yes, said professor, Dr. Elizabeth Stinkwell. This is exactly what your training has been. Then Booger realized they'd been doing all these things, trying to squish him down and change him from a human being into a peanut Or a coconut. Or whatever this crazy astronaut was. He was about to say he wouldn't do it. But then he realized that he did not want to be seen to be scared. Alright, I guess I'll be an astronaut. What do I get? And then they brought out a silver suit. Booger's eyes lit up. It was so shiny. It was almost like fake diamond. Booger slowly had a smile spread across his lips. It's just the most beautiful onesie I've ever seen, said Booger. Can I wear it to bed tonight? Everybody in the room started laughing. They thought he was trying to be funny. They didn't realize He actually wanted to wear it to bed that night. They said, no, 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 Booger. You get to put this on tomorrow morning. Go have a good night's sleep. Oh, by the way, do you have any dietary restrictions? Booger looked at him. Diet what? You're going to kill me? No, 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 no. Dietary restrictions like are there certain things you can or cannot eat in your diet? You're going to kill me? You're going to make me die No. Diet, like what you can eat or can't eat. I can eat hot dogs, lots of hot dogs, but don't kill me with them. Everyone looked at him. They thought this new astronaut's acting pretty weird. So you like hot dogs, you say? Yeah, I like hot dogs, but please, I don't want to diet. Don't worry. You won't diet. We're going to give you lots of food. Do You like anything else? I quite like a bit of ketchup on my hot dog, Booger said. He was very close to tears, and it was only the thought of his new silver onesie that was keeping him going. Anything else? The man asked. Occasionally, I'll get a jar of relish, and I sometimes just open it and have a sniff. Just, or just one little piece of relish with my hot dog. The people at NASA were getting very, very bored. Anything else? Okay, maybe a little jar of mustard too, I guess. Not too much. At that point, they gave up. He really was a joker. Everyone at NASA had heard about this hilarious new astronaut, but he just would not stop joking around. The next morning Booger woke up. He quickly walked over, got on his new silver space suit. He also got to wear this big helmet with a glass in front. He could look all around. Come with us Mr. McFarland. Okay Mrs. Stinky Toots is it? No! My name is Professor Doctor McFarland. Victoria, I mean Elizabeth Stinkwell. She was so angry, she almost forgot her own name. She grabbed Booger's hand and walked him all the way through the enormous complex. They climbed stairs and stairs and stairs and stairs and stairs and stairs and stairs. And stairs, and stairs. What are we doing? Are you seeing how far I can climb upstairs? because this sucks, said Booger. Finally, they were no more stairs, and they walked across a bridge. Booger looked out on either side. We're pretty far up. I I hope I don't have to go up any higher than this. Professor Dr. Elizabeth Stinkwell looked back and laughed. You are, (laughs) I'll give it to you, Mr. McFarland. You are, uh, you never stop trying to joke around. (laughs) Then they walked in through a small hatch. It looked like a little room with lots of different computers and screens and buttons. Now, Mr. McFarland, you don't have to worry. You're not going to be the pilot of this spaceship, but once in the air, we're going to be doing some experiments on your respiratory system. Booger just nodded, not really paying attention. He kept looking around. Then all of a sudden it hit him. Spaceship? Yes, Mr. McFarland. What kind of astronaut would you be if you didn't go into space? Into space? Booger couldn't believe what was happening. I thought we were going to be making coconut, peanut things here. Professor Dr. Elizabeth Stinkwell laughed. Yes, (laughs) you're very funny. That joke never gets old. But seriously. We're going to strap you in. Don't touch any buttons. If there's an emergency, there's only one button you need to know. This is the emergency return to Earth button. Return to Earth, Booger said, now fully realizing he was going to go into space. What button? Mr. McFarland, it's highly improbable anything will happen that you'll need to return to Earth. But this enormous red button with the word Earth on it is the button you'll press, should you need to return to Earth." All right, said Booger. He was really not very happy about how this new job was turning out. What happened next? Tune in next week for the follow-up of Booker McFarlane Becomes a Space astronaut. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and give us a rating. This podcast and all the ideas and characters are copyrighted by myself, Richard. Bye-bye.